Hello friend, welcome to Almost Cancelled everyone, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Mr. Robot, Season 3, Episode 9, it is called Eps 3.8 underscore Stage 3 dot Torrent. So, full spoilers. Finally a file extension that I recognise. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, I don't know, if this is going five seasons, I, 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 I'm I scared to think of what Season five's file names are going to be. Like, <laughs> I've already like, not recognised I already feel like they're scraping the barrel. See, season one was great. Season one was all video files, and I recognise like eight or nine out of ten. Yeah, like they're all and stuff. I'd season worked with. two, I was like, I, I know maybe three of these. I feel like it was less than three when we were uh, going uh, through. Yeah, it, but... Maybe I mean, like, at best, I'm being, I'm being yeah. clearly, I'm being generous here. We have one so far in season three that I understand. <laughs> Everyone, everyone else, none, but at least this one. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to talk about Mr. Robot. It's the penultimate episode of the season. Next week's the finale, uh, which mm. is scary stuff, because then there's a world without don't, Mr. Don't Robot. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I don't want to go another year. A year and three months, more like. Stop it. It may actually be early 2019 before we get more. Stop it. Don't, don't tell me I have to go all of 2018 without it. That's just cool. Yeah, we got other things, though, next year. I mean, for we example, do, we skipped all of 2017 with no Westworld, so at least we get some of that in 2018. I know, I know, but, uh, but it's still cruel. Uh, it is cruel. Uh, so, we've got our notes, uh, we're going to work through it, scene by scene, as we typically do, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So, uh, without further ado, we started the episode with a flashback to a, well, basically the first meeting between Allsafe and Ecorp. So, we got to see Gideon again, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, he's, it has. He's been dead for so long that it was weird to see him again. Uh, we got to see Colby again, also been a while. Uh, so we had Colby, Price and uh, Tyrell across the table and Gideon's making his pitch as to you know why they should pick Allsafe as their internet security, as their, as their uh, PC security. And I forgot just how much of a dick Colby is. Like the entire yeah. time, he's just because you know Gideon, he's you know he's putting a good spin on things. He's like, oh yeah, we've got less clients, but that means we can give every client our the utmost attention, uh, unparalleled sort of uh, response time, that kind of thing. Yeah. And Colby's just like, oh, that's just all uh, hand jobs or something. Like I said it was just it was uh, you know I expect that from all all the people that we work with. To, uh, to be fair, that is classic small business sales pitch one hundred and one. Oh, it absolutely is. But that doesn't mean you have to be a dick about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, no, you don't. Look, they have to start small at some point and work their way up. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put a chastise in that. But he's been a complete prick. Um, and Angela comes in to hand him some numbers. You know, young, pre-crazy. Pre <laughs> yes, yes. Still, still whole. Still whole. Probably still dating the douchebag from season one. Uh, you know, she comes in and hands him some, hands him some numbers. And of course, Colby, being the dick that he is, is like, "Hey, darling, how about you fill my uh, my coffee cup up there?" Uh, and there's a moment of like hesitation where she's like, "I'm not a goddamn secretary, you asshole." But she's like, "No, okay, sure." Uh, yeah. And Gideon even feels bad. He's like, "Oh, hey, my, my assistant can get that, Angela. That's not your." He's like, oh, "That's fine. That's fine." Uh, but of course, the interesting thing in this scene, though, is the attention that is being paid to Angela by one Philip Price. Uh, the music as well is very kind of soft and kind of telling, and he's kind of just focused on her. Like Colby's still being a dick towards Gideon, but he's just kind of watching Angela walk out. And what was really catching my eye here was that it didn't feel this wasn't sexual. This wasn't oh young hottie. I don't yes. No, definitely not. It was it was more sweet than that. It was parental. Yeah. 
Uh, and I, I just I wonder if the reason why he's been so kind of interested in Angela this whole time is because he knows that he's really her father. Maybe. I don't know. This <laughs> this is the only scene so far that would maybe tell me anything about that, but I don't know. He I don't know how I feel about that. To be fair, all of last season he seemed to take a vested interest in her moving up the company. He did, he did, but it it never felt parental until this scene. Okay, okay. You think it's just more of a a spark of I I I, I don't know. I see something in her. I want because yeah, it's very yeah. clear in the next scene when they're in the limo and Colby's like, oh, what what was the point of that shit show? Why did we go there? It's like, oh, of course we're not going to hire these idiots. And then Price is like, we're hiring them. Drop the contracts immediately. Yeah, I I don't know if it's at, like that. She's actually his daughter or if okay. it's more just that's the way he's looking at her like he, he can see you know like uh, someone who, who can be a child to him like, like you know who can take that fill that role well do you think there's a reason for it do you think it's because it reminds him of someone that he did know uh Quite possibly, possibly yeah. himself maybe <laughs> like, yeah he's himself and angela yeah uh, maybe uh okay okay i don't know i was getting s- this, the vibes here of oh that's my illegitimate daughter that i've never met before but i know it's her I just yeah, had that, that, that vibe that's the, the thing. I got scene. that in this scene, but like I said, I've never got that before this moment. So I'm like, I'm a little conflicted on that. I guess we'll see what else to do with it. It, yeah. it wouldn't shock me completely if they go down this path, um, or at the very least, maybe he's just aware of who she is and that they killed her parents or her mother. <laughs> no, it could be. And you know, it's just it's more or less kind of. Does he actually have a sense of guilt compared to? Well, no, admittedly, I don't get guilt from him in any other scene in the show, so I don't, don't take that as me reading into No, no, but may, maybe he sees her and it feels guilty because it's like, oh, well, she's here, and, you know, what would her life have been hmm. if, if if I hadn't, you know, interfered? Yeah, maybe a small sliver of responsibility was sort of, like, sneaking through the cracks yeah. of his otherwise humanless, yeah, <laughs> humanless existence. Yeah. So so that, that so that's uh, kind of a thing, but he he kind of enforces. No, we're going to use all safe. Like he's the one responsible for that. Uh, even Tyrell, who at this point is obviously a couple of years before this, the show started, uh, he's a bit, but he's obviously relatively high up because he's on this meeting. But he's clearly green. He's clearly like trying to like, impress the bosses and trying to like work his way up. And he tries to like question this, and Price just shoots him down. Like you're not in my league. You don't get to question what I do. You don't get to question these decisions. Yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, sorry if I've misled you and give you the impression that I wanted your counsel, but but shut up. And I thought the really neat thing as it went to the title screen is we went really low angle and the E-Corp building was towering, was looming over mm. Tyrell. It was a very intentional shot. Like, this is how small he is compared to these big shots, is this giant building which, you know, looks huge next yeah. to him. I mean, it looks huge no matter where you frame it because it's a building, but, like... It yeah, was, it was you look up at it and it looks yeah. more, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was kind of the the, the I, opening. I did think it was amusing how just last week I mentioned the old safe mouse pad that Elliot had, and then and then it was like, yeah. oh, okay, here we go, here's old safe again. That was weird. Yeah, all, all safe. Uh, it was a weird nostalgic little little scene. I was like, oh yeah, I remember season one. This is yeah. There's a few things in this episode that are like, hey, remember season one? Oh yeah, there's at least one other big one. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then we when we go to Tyrell, we actually cut from Tyrell into sort of present day Tyrell, and he's coming home uh, from the FBI. He's a free man because of all the events that have uh, have happened, and his lawyers inform him of you know he can't leave the country, blah 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 blah. Um, and he comes in, and it's just this 
it's just a quiet moment. It's not a it's not a particularly long moment. It's just kind of this thing where he comes home and it's empty and no one's there. The crib's empty. He breaks down and cries. It's a very nicely done scene, though. It's all one shot. It's just the camera just slowly tracking it back. Just kind of sits in the back corner yeah. for the last little bit of it and just watches him just crying. Yeah, it just it just it it just uh, it it just blows up the idea that he that he's coming back to this like everything he's done, everything he's accomplished, everything he's put himself through, and he's come back to literally less than he had before. He has nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's empty. Yeah. Life is empty. That, that's what this has led him to. Uh, so there we go, to Elliot, and he basically comes out of a. He's just been Mister Robot. He, we have the distortion kind of noises to wake us up out of the scene, and he's standing in front of the mirror. And it's just written in the mirror. You know, Mr. Robot's left him a message saying, they own the FBI. Mm. Uh, I like question for a second, who is they? But he kind of quickly gets to, like, oh, it must be the Dark Army. It has to be. Yeah. It was like, well, there's only a couple of choices, really. Yeah. So, no, so uh, really simple. But he goes to his computer. Again, I feel like there's a lot of small scenes in this episode that are very just kind of plot-heavy rather than having a lot to kind of dissect. There are, yeah. Uh, it jumps back and forth as well, a lot in this one. Yeah, so he, he's just looking at the computer. What was Mr. Robot looking at? He was looking at Tyrell being released by the FBI. He was looking at... And cleared of all charges. Yeah, he was looking at the uh, plans for various things. Uh, of course, the probably the key point here is he, he ponders, uh, did he see the emails? The email was still up, uh, the threatening email. Yeah. And he ponders, did, did he see that? What does he think of that, if he knows that that's something that he's trying to do now? Mm. Worth, worth thinking about, certainly. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually when we, we, we actually cut to Mr. Yeah. Robot. Because it's, he it's says, a great edict. Because, yeah. uh, what did Mr. Robot do last night? And I think what's interesting to me about that is that we've never really done that. We've not, every time, at least from memory, whenever Elliot's wondered what Mr. Robot's been up to, what, what he's done, it's never just cut to Mr. Robot and shown as the story, blatant, you know, as, as point blank as this did. I'm trying to remember. I feel like if it happened, it might have been a little bit in season two towards the end. Back half season two maybe yeah maybe. but I don't but I don't remember it specifically yeah I I feel like this was the the least cryptic the show's ever been but just what I was saying no here's what happened last night with Mister Robot yeah uh, definitely you know unless you know Darling's following him or something like that we've got another yeah. POV but in terms of just cutting to what he did this felt like a a, a new thing to me uh, so he goes to Tyrell he, he's there to confess what he did last night and we actually cut to this as if it's going on concurrently with the rest of the episode even though it's all clearly the night before yeah. Uh, and he goes to Tyrell, he's there to confront Tyrell and be like, well, you dumbass, you stupid plant, he blew up 71 buildings, and what's it got you? He's, he's, he's chastising him, he's there, he's he's in his face. Uh, I actually particularly laughed at, uh, when Tyrell says he's lost everything, he has nothing left. And Mr. Robot says, well, I can't say it's all been smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> my my, my favourite line is when, you know, that, like, I think Tyrell calls him like a child. Mm. He's like, no, no, you were the child's one. Like, Grow up. There are no gods. Ah, uh, yeah, that was a good line. Also, I really like the delivery of when Mister Robot says that he's just a puppet for all these big, important men, these big, you know, powerful, rich men. Mm. And Tyrell's response is like, "No puppet, no puppet. You're the puppet." Yeah, it's that like desperately trying to convince himself. He's asked exactly what it is. He. Uh, he he isn't part of that important one percent. You know, when we started this show, he was presented to us as he's part of these powerful one percenters, yeah. and he's not. He always wanted to be. He feels like he should be, but he's not actually in their league. And that, most of this episode for his plot is basically him being told abundantly clear: No, 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 you are not one of us. Yeah, exactly. It's like you you might dress like one of us and you think you're one of us, but you're not. 
and you see in the flashback, he's not one of us. Present day, after everything that's happened, he's still not one of us. It's yeah. really that simple. Uh, also, I did notice here that Tyrell doesn't even seem to bat an eyelash at the the fact that he... Because it's his plan to blow up 71 buildings. Like, Mr. Robot, it's like, oh, was this your great plan to do this? I, I did just note that... And it doesn't really surprise me, given that he murdered someone. Just, you know, remember he murdered uh, Thingy's wife in season one. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me, but I do think it's worth reiterating here that he shows no remorse for that. He doesn't even have a moment where he questions no, it. He was, he was just like, no, that, that was, he, he kind of turns it back and he goes, oh, it was your fault, kind of. You know, it's like, if he'd stuck yeah. to the plan. But I, I just think that's interesting. That those, even if he's going to be an ally or like a, a, an easy ally, even. He's definitely not sympathetic. He's not sympathetic. No, he, he's someone who is a bit of a loose cannon. He's the wild card, I, I suppose, in a lot of yeah. ways. Uh, I mean, which is saying something, and Elliot's already a bit of a wild card himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a, in a lot of ways. So, so, so no, yeah, so he's been manipulated, he's been controlled, he has been a puppet, uh, and he's got these delusions of grandeur, which he's always had. Again, that goes back to the whole gods thing. The weird gods. He has these yeah. delusions where he's more powerful than he actually is. And, of course, he actually pulls out his gloves, which, you know, is a callback to, again, in season one, where he beat up the homeless guy. Uh, he pulls out his gloves and he, he he punches Mr. Robot. He's about to go to town on him. When the door rings, and it's, it's Price. Price is there. And he's kind of taken back. He's like, oh, come in, sir. And Price comes in and he sees Mr. Robot. Well, he sees Elliot, of course. He just sees... Cause, but I thought that was interesting. Like, I can't remember how often we've had this, but it, it did stand out to me. Like, Price just saying, oh, Mr. Alderson, when he's looking oh, at Mr. Robot. That's it. That's what made me laugh. He said Mr. Alpherson. Like, he, he intentionally got his name wrong. Just be like, look, I, I, oh, I'm okay. better than you. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice his name wrong. Because I, I, I thought he, I, I thought I misheard it at first, so I, mm. I, I double-checked, and no, he did say Mr. Alpherson. Cool. So, uh, and he's like, oh, you might, you might as well uh, join us. You, you, you were a part of this too. And obviously, we kind of knew this from his conversation with Zhang, uh, both at the end of season one and definitely over the last couple of weeks, you know, mm. at Mar-a-Lago. But uh, this idea that he knew the whole time that 9-5 was happening, at least to some extent, and he knew that it was like a ploy to like get this this uh, Congo deal moving. This was all part. This was all part yeah. of their plan. Like the powerful men were kind of manipulating the whole thing for their own goals right from the start. This was never something that they didn't expect. Uh, but again, this episode, I feel like here him saying, "Oh, you're a part of this too." It's like okay, that's him just openly talking about that. That's him openly just kind of being honest. And obviously, there's more of that a little bit later, but. Uh, just from this this point here, like Mister Robot's on the ground, and the like the idea of him just saying that point blank to him, you can tell that Robot's taken back by that. He's like, "Huh, I don't know how to respond to this." Mm. So, it's, it's it's definitely different again. Like it's this, it's everything's out in the open now. Yeah. Uh, so we go. We actually got AF Society, the uh, the arcade. Yeah, been uh, a while. It has again, been a while. Like I said, a lot of season one throwbacks in this yeah. episode. Uh, so. This is a subtle thing here. Uh, where Angela was sitting, there was like two like, the neon lights behind her, the like, arrows pointing at her head. I thought that was maybe it mean mean nothing. Maybe a complete coincidence. Maybe I've just been nice framing. But you, you mean Darlene, right? What did I say? Angela. Oh, Darlene. Yeah, sorry. Darlene. Yeah, no, it's Darlene. And basically, Elliot's just telling her about the email. Trenton, uh, we can undo this. Maybe questioning why Romero had this these encryption keys and all all the rest of it, and Elliot's just like, oh well, because he predicted that it would go bad, <laughs> which yeah. turned out to be right. Do you know what I think was really interesting? He gives this speech about you know how things are coming full circle. It's all this symmetry, and I thought it was really interesting because that's the sort of thing you usually get at the end of a story. Whereas, you know, like they're, 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 this is maybe more the middle. 
So is it like going to be another cycle, so to speak? So is this the, is this like the midpoint? Okay, we've done one cycle. Now we've got a whole other one to go. Which makes a lot of sense. If like Dark Army is going to be the new target, then it's kind of the start of the next revolution or hack or you know five. Yeah, yeah. Or like they've, they've start. They've got to start from scratch. They've got to you know go after this corporation or entity yeah. again. I mean, I don't think it really starts from scratch until the start of next season. I feel like the finale is going to throw some wrinkles into probably into probably. whatever Elliot's plan is right now um but yes yeah, so, so he's like all right so we need those encryption keys which are in this, the fbi sentinel that's the name of the building and uh he, he he's like i'm gonna go in there I, I, i'm goddamn Elliot. i'm a superhero i'm a hacking superhero <laughs> and darlene's like no you're gonna get caught it doesn't matter how good you are uh let me inform my contact and that's when he, he informs her like no no dark army have people in the fbi like they, they 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 control that, and it's all. I almost went for a split second. Like, does she actually want to go to Dom and get Dom's help properly? But then he says that, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, okay, I've got a, a different angle, and you know, you don't like you obviously don't get what her plan is here. But uh, I'm like, okay, she's going to use Dom in some capacity still because she has that in, but yeah, in, you know, in what way here? Uh, so then, all the other thing I wrote down is: so does Elliot already have a plan for the Dark Army? Because because he says to uh, uh, Darlene, I almost said Angela again. At the end of the scene, he's like, "Hey, you worry about the Sentinel getting in there. I'll worry about the Dark Army." Because obviously, Angel- uh, damn it, I keep doing it. What is going on with you I, today? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's that last episode of Dark. It's got me it's all fried your brain. Yeah, I was just going to say that as well. I know who I know who I mean. I just keep saying the wrong name. Uh, so, but Darlene's uh, clearly worried because the Dark Army have shown themselves to be very capable of just taking people yeah. out, yeah. left, right, and center. But Elliot's got a plan. He's confident. He's like, "Let me worry about it." Yeah, it's interesting. The the other line I really note down that is that this is uh, all we can do now is rebuild, and it's this mm. idea of again, you know, we're we're at the start. We've just got to build up from scratch. We've just got to keep going. Yeah, so we actually go to Irving. Uh, so it's actually all one shot. This scene, it's just the, the front of the car. He's, he's he's trying to sell a car. He's taking it out for a test drive with a potential customer, and he's just using his salesmanship techniques on her. Uh, but Elliot hacks the car <laughs> and makes it pull over and gets in. And Irving has to awkwardly tell the uh, the woman to leave. But he's basically like, yeah, I need to talk to White Rose about phase three. And I'm like, God damn it, Elliot! Phase three. What are we doing? <laughs> Stage three. Stage Stages. three. Stage three, phase three, whatever, it's the same goddamn thing. Yeah, it is, but the name of the episode is, is Stage, isn't it? I can't remember what stages. I can't remember now. It's Stage, I, I yeah, I it's stage. Yeah. okay, it's fine, it's Stage. Whatever, it's the same damn thing. Uh, and he's not very happy about this, he's like, well, you know, but honestly, the thing I was taking from this, uh, Elliot's making a bit of a power play, saying, hey, I've got Stage three, I need to talk to White Rose. But the thing I was like, questioning here is like, is he been in over his head again? We've seen how repeatedly in this show, our hackers, our F Society characters, they're in over our head. Things come back and bait them. They don't understand how powerful the people above them are. Is this Elliot actually finally outsmarted them? Or is he in over his head again? I mean, I'm going to make a prediction and say it'll be a mix. I think he will outsmart them to an extent, but it will have consequences that are dire. Yeah, I think he'll do something they don't expect, but at the same time... They're expecting him to do something, and yeah. you know they're they're playing that angle as well. So it'll yeah. go a bit both ways. So we actually we go to Dom uh, and Darlene who are at the bar, same bar they met at before, I think. Uh, if it's not, I mean, it's just a 
Jarek Barr, so whatever. It's a bar, it doesn't yeah. really matter, yeah. Uh, but D- D- Dom's in civvies, which was, you know, I mean, not, I mean, not that, not that an FBI suits that, a, you know, it's not yeah. like a uni- police uniform, but still, she's always been in the, the smart suit, right? So she's in yes, like, a, yeah. yeah, she's in like a shirt here, a t-shirt here, and uh, Darlene comes in and she tries to like pretend, oh, I've been hiding stuff for you. She basically says, oh yeah, White Rose was like behind a lot of stuff, like, mm. you know, Dark Army were partners on 5-9, uh, stuff that we've known for ages, stuff that she's even she's ex- suspected for ages. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but she tries to scan her badge. She's basically just killing time to try and scan her badge with uh, the, the device in her bag. But it doesn't work. She goes to the bathroom, says, nope, couldn't detect anything. And she's like, shit. And then there's a harsh cut. There's actually a harsh cut in the bathroom, which feels a little bit jarring. It's just to show time is passing. She's in there thinking. And there's just this sort of size, like... Okay, and she like takes off like her jacket to like expose her like her shoulders a little bit, and, and I'm like, oh god, she's going to try and seduce Dom. Yeah, you, you know exactly where it's going. Yeah, she's going to seduce Dom, uh, and I, I got really excited because I thought, oh man, whether this succeeds or fails, this is going to be glorious. I don't know, like, is, is this going to be cringeworthy, embarrassing? Is this going to work? Is she going to actually seduce her like a you know, like, I don't know, like a pimp or whatever? Not pimps, but like whoever seduces people, a seductionist, a player. <laughs> How did you get pimp? I don't know. <laughs> pimp. Who? What do you call someone who's, who's good at seducing people? I don't know. I, I, I... Exactly. <laughs> so, you know. It's not pimp, though. I know that. I, I, I put myself into a corner. I had to come up with the words. <laughs> and I panicked. I said pimp. Not pimp. Pimps don't, pimps don't have to seduce. It's kind yeah. of part of the, the That's job the whole description. point, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, 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 so she has that idea, uh, but we cut away. We actually cut away. Angela's actually waiting outside of Elliot's apartment, and he comes up. And my first thing when I seen Angela was her was her hair looked a bit of a mess. She's got this coat on. I was like, she looks kind of like a crazy homeless person almost. She just has this really vacant look. Yeah, she's she's very yeah very very. I mean, I think before I've been calling her broken. Here here I actually called her the conspiracy nut because she's. She's talking about how things are going back to normal because she shows us the newspaper and it says Tyrell's going to be the CTO of E-Corp. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to guess we're going to learn about that in the, the price scene later. So I'll, I'll save that for now. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm like, okay, interesting. She's like, I see things are starting to go back to the way they're supposed to be. And I was like, is she thinking like things are going to rewind gradually? It's like, he's back in E-Corp, so that's the first thing. And then there's going to be more yeah. things. And it makes me wonder actually if for the next little bit, if that kind of does happen to like, make her think it is happening i mean even to the extent of elliot undoing five nine yeah yeah like, that's going to play into her like delusion here yeah it is it's not but gonna help <laughs> she's paranoid she thinks she's being watched like we have to go inside they're watching us elliot uh i'll explain the plan to you i'll explain what's happening once we get inside so that's kind of that scene it cuts back to dom and darlene uh and darlene is kind of playing her she's kind of opening up she's like sort of pretending oh you know like you know, I, I I really like kind of trust you. You're the only one I can trust. You know, I've been kind of been insecure. I'm sorry that I lied to you while we were, you know, while I was your informant. Uh, it's just all very this. But she she lets her think that she wants to leave and lets Dom invite her back. He's like, oh no, I'll get you a drink, darling. Sit down. You're not an informant anymore. We, we can be social. You know, kind of. She, she's playing her really really well. And as soon as she sits back down, darling immediately starts talking about relationships. She's like, oh, you're single still. It just yeah. it goes down that path, like, and it's and it's all about making her feel a little bit lonely, so that she'll 
wanting to just go for it. Like that's that's the whole the whole goal here. Uh, and of course, I noted down a quote here that I, I had to. So, so Darlene's like, "I can be a good wing woman. Let's look at these lovelies. Let's pick one out for you." And she says, "What about that ginger?" <laughs> I was waiting for this. I, I, I was howling with laughter. Uh, I love that using the word ginger for a redhead is spreading across the world like a plague. It is beautiful. It is glorious. Uh, it's one of these things that to uh, to us, it's so normal. But seeing it on TV is is still new. It's is very new. Uh, and then Darlene's like, eh. And then... Oh, sorry. Dom's like, eh. And then Darlene's response killed me. What, you're not into a fiery crotch? Hypocrite. <laughs> and then Dom reveals that she's dyed her hair uh, ginger. Which... Yeah. It, does not look, it doesn't look dyed at all. She looks like a natural ginger. But I'll, I'll take it for the... Ju- I think she does. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Well, I mean, if it's a dye job, it looks it's a good dye job because, uh, like, when I think of bad ginger dye, I'm thinking Archie from like, Riverdale, where it's just yeah, clearly yeah, this no, unnatural color. This is more color. of a, a realistic ginger dye, where it's more yeah. of a just a, a light brown, like it's almost just with a reddish tint to it. Is is what that's what what Dom has going on? No, when I think reddish, t- I actually think red. Like, I guess what I'm saying here, and you know, take this offensive if you will, Connor, but I can't imagine why anyone would want to put their hair this color. Not can I, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the amount of shit I've got over the years. Like, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. Before I was, uh, I'm joking, alright? <laughs> Some people like, like the ginger hair. Hell, I, I like it on many a woman. I'm, I'm not I judging. I just like making fun of Connor. That's all this is. Um, but, yeah, so, so we, had, we had some funny... And again, they're bonding, they're having some banter. And Darlene's like, oh, get us more drinks over here. We're going to need them. And it's just kind of like getting the, the night rolling. So, uh, we cut back to Elliot and Angela, who are going to his place. And, oh no, Leon's there. Uh, he's waiting on Elliot. And of course, I, I, I kind of quickly just, okay, this is because he went to Arvind. He's there to yeah, yeah, take he's, him, whatever. Yeah, he's a middleman. It's, yeah. it's what we got uh, with him, with Trent and Mobley as well, you know, where he was just there escorting. But what I did love about this scene was how immediately Elliot was terrified for Angela. Like, he was immediately like, oh, God, you have to leave right now. Like, this yeah, is I've bad. I've seen what he can do. Um, and she's all, she gets all paranoid. And she's like, oh, have you been listening to us? Do you know what you, you, do you know what we're talking? Is this, and then, and it, what I thought was really fascinating, she turns around and accuses Elliot of being untrustworthy. I'm like, Angela, are you, are you forgetting the plot that you had for the first half of this season? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how, yeah. how, how deceiving yeah. you were being to Elliot? Uh, but she's full on went, went conspiracy paranoid. Yeah. Like she's because like, I think the thing is she's still in on the plan, even though the seventy one buildings, she's still kind of in on the idea because you know she's like, oh, why? She goes to Elliot, why are you ask me all this information about things? You should know the plans. You know, you should know what's going to happen. Well, I, I think I think to an extent this is her breaking down, and she has to believe that it's going to achieve what she, what it was supposed to. Otherwise, she it was for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, and obviously part of the. In this particular case, part of what it's going to achieve is erasing all the people that died anyway. So she has to believe that. She's deluding herself into like, going down that yeah. rabbit hole because it's the only thing that's keeping her... Well, sane is not the word I'd maybe use. But, um. yeah. I, I, I do think it's interesting that we're talking about how you know she's desperate to things to get back to how they were. And yet this episode is, is full of callbacks to the first season, which is, you know, how before things went wrong, you know, how things were. Yeah. It, it, it kind of feels like it's trying to justify her her worldview at the minute, and I think it'll do that for a little bit. I, I think again, yeah. if if Elliot does cancel out five nine, she, she'll then take that as more evidence of that. Yeah, 
so then we actually go to Tyrell's and we, we get this scene where Philip and Mr. Robot and Tyrell are sitting at the table and uh, Price is like, alright Tyrell, uh, this is a bit of a formality but I'm here to uh, appoint you as CTO uh, and I'm like, okay, so he's picking Tyrell, this is interesting. But then immediately the reason why becomes clear. Now, I don't think this is what Zhang meant when he said you have to point a CTO. I think Zhang actually did want him to just transfer over to a new person. Yeah. But Price is making the power play. Price is actually trying to, you know, wrangle it so that he's still the one in charge. He's still as powerful. He, he tells Tyrell, you're just a, you're, you're a, you're a public figure. You're the, the face. But you're just, that's all you are. I, I'm the one behind the scenes. I'm the one still calling the shots. I'm still yeah. the head of E Corp. Uh, he's basically going kind of uh, covert with his, his ruling, if you will. He's a secret. Yes, the the, the man behind the throne. Yeah. Um, and again, he, all he's doing is he's pu- he keeps putting them down. He's, he's he's forcing his control. He's making. He's, he's again reinforcing the idea that Tyrell's a puppet. That yeah. you're just you know. The, the, there's a moment where Tyrell tries to protest. He says, "E Corp needs me," and yeah. Price just laughs at him. Yeah, he, he tries to again convince himself and convince Price no 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 I am more important this is why you need me and uh, Price's response is like it was it it's uh, it's not that I'm out of moves you're just not worth one yeah man talk about cutting a guy's pride down Tyrell is just sitting there destroyed Pr- Price has some incredible lines in this scene <laughs> oh it does it, especially when Mr. Robot says he's a leader and he's like oh so where are your followers like yeah. he's just he's he's so cutting and cold. Uh, another one is he goes, uh, "World catastrophes like this happen because men like me allow them to." Yeah, uh, that's of course when he brings up five. Because uh, Mister Robot brings up five nine. He's like, "Oh, you knew about it the whole time, didn't you? You knew it was happening." He's like, "Of course I did. Five nine, sure." Um, didn't didn't I mean, know the specifics, but we knew it was happening. Yeah, he was well aware of it. And what I like about this scene is that as much as most of it's more overtly Tyrell being shot down and being told that he's small and he's a puppet and he doesn't matter. It's happening to Mr. Robot as well. It's like, no, your entire plan, your lone wolf revolution, it was all just let happen by yeah, us. And it's, Mr. Robot says, you know, no, no, this was my plan. I had the finger on the button. Yeah. I did this. And Empress is like, no, nah, no, nah, you just you just stumbled onto the plan. You know, you just happened to be the one who did it. But it would have happened either way. Yeah. So both of them side by side, as much as they're very different, as much as obviously, uh, <laughs> you know, Tyrell's not sympathetic, both of them here are basically having the same thing happen to them. They're, they're both been told, now all these delusions you've had since the start of the show, they are false. You're, you're yeah. And over your head, again, this idea that us powerful men are controlling everything and you don't have a, have a chance. It's, it's again, did. it's one of these, these first times we're really seeing Mr. Robot unsure of himself, question mm. himself. Because up till this point in the show, in the first two and a half seasons, he was extremely confident. He was like, no, this is what we do. This is the plan. He never never yeah, faltered. You could almost argue that Tyrell is kind of the more normal, I mean, I say normal loosely here because he's, he's killing people and whatnot, but he's the more normal representation of what Mr. Robot is to Elliot and that he keeps wanting to believe he's important and he is more important and he's, he's, he's strong and he, he has all this potential, but he constantly has that self-doubt. We've seen that since the start of the show. He's always nervous that he isn't that important and he's always trying to prove himself. And it's almost mm. like we're Mr. Robot and Elliot that actually split that into two, where Elliot's just the one who doesn't think he's important, but Mr. Robot does think he's important without any, you know, without any hesitant, yeah. hesitance, you know. Just... But, but I think it's really interesting that now that Mr. Robot's realising the, mm. the, the reality that, oh no, he isn't as important as he thought, that's kind of driving him closer to Elliot, because, you know, he's leaving the message, he's trying to help. Another line from Price that I really liked as well, uh, as he's leaving, he's talking to Mr. Robot and he says, you can't force an agenda, you have to inspire one. 
Uh, I wonder if uh, Robot will take that take that to heart and uh, maybe enlist that. But um, so that that is uh, that scene, and that takes us on uh, to Dom's place. Uh, Darlene's back with Dom at her place. Uh, there's a nice little quip about how I'll let you in here because you said you weren't into girls. Uh, Darlene's like, no, no, no. I said I wasn't a lesbian. I never said I wasn't into girls. <laughs> yeah, and then Dom's like, oh, very clever. As, yeah, she sort of like shuts the fridge door like really slowly. She she hears that. She's like, okay, this is dangerous territory. And you notice her body language after this. She sort of like she hands her the beer and she kind of backs away a little bit. She keeps up a little bit of a distance. Bit, bit nervous. Yeah, but what I thought was uh, really well done character wise about this scene is. In explaining why Dom falls for this, because again we talked about how she, she Darlene's making her feel lonely, and I don't even think Darlene realizes she does this here, but Dom brings up Alexa, right, and she's like, "Oh, watch this!" Like, and it's like the five nine uh, report. I'll be honest, I'd forgot that Dom was just a walking Alexa advert at times, <laughs> right? And she's all impressed with Alexa, and she's like, "Oh, what else can that thing do?" And she gets it to play some music. But if you remember, back in season two, like one of the early scenes we had of Dom was that she used Alexa to help her masturbate at one point. Yeah. Which, you know, is like, like she's actually, like Darlene's there in an intimate moment with her as she's been reminded of her loneliness, like her actual loneliness and what she does when she's alone and feels that way. Uh, so, because uh, I, I think, um, like, one may criticise Dom for falling for this, but I feel like, no, like, the, the, I think this scene actually it, does enough to show why she feels vulnerable. constantly been telling us why how she's lonely. You know, since, yeah. you know, we had that stuff in season two, we even had her tell Darlene, you know, last time they had the, the, the moment before here where they were off on yeah. their own. Now, we had that there where she talked about how, no, she is kind of lonely. She, you know, she talked about how she is single. She doesn't really have a social life she hasn't got any friends and we, and we know obviously we know darlene's good intentions and so we can't like hate her for it we understand why she's doing it but you but do it's feel like, sleazy yeah you feel sympathy for dom you feel like this is she's being exploited uh here yeah um but of course uh I, what i thought was really interesting is uh when darlene goes in for the the kiss really interesting thing i thought was happening with the camera is it's all one shot at this point and it starts on a two shot, it's all handheld, and then it goes over to Darlene for a moment, and then it goes back to the pair of them. And it's right as Darlene's kind of like telling the biggest lie that it goes to her side, and mm. kind of like it has her on her own with just the empty space behind her, and then it goes back to Dom in frame. Uh, it's, it's kind of like it goes to her as she thinks of her, or the right thing yeah. to say, and then goes back over. I, I thought that was a really nice little touch. Uh, but of course. Uh, Dom puts her badge that Angela, oh no, Angela, sorry, Darlene wants to grab. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh crap. But she still goes through with it. She's like, okay, well, I can't back out now. And obviously, she, she knows she can maybe get a chance at it later. Yeah. So, hey, it would just look really suspicious as well yeah. if she just backed away as soon as that happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I like how she deflated the fact she was watching with her. You could have kept the gun on. <laughs> like she yeah. was being kinky. Yeah. Um, part, part of me wonders if, if, if Darlene was just like, well, I want to do this anyway. This could be fun. Maybe, yeah. I mean, she, I know. She, she's been lonely, you know, since since exactly. Like we we we've kind of seen that as well. Yeah, uh, she could do with a distraction. So, uh, we actually cut to Angela after after this. Uh, who I actually remember her last week? We were saying it was she in a new place, and the reason why I was so confused, and we see it more clearly this time, is she's painted all the walls black. Yeah, that's why yeah. it looks different. She uh, also has photos. My, my, oh. my first note on this, it just says Angela and the hundred thousand locks. <laughs> she has a lot of locks. That's right. Uh, I mean, we noticed them last week, but yeah, this time yeah, you actually had, see her. Scene of her yeah. just doing just, them all up. It's like, oh my god, there's so many. 
Yeah, I feel like if someone really wants to get in, they're going to use like a, a gun or an explosive, and the locks aren't going to do shit. They're just going to break through the door anyway. Yeah, but she's paranoid, so... She is paranoid. But there's also photos all over the walls, uh, presumably family photos. You can't actually tell, though, because all of them have, like, uh, coloured squares over all the faces, so you can't see, see who they are. you know what? I was wondering what if they were, because there's so many. Oh, the people that died in the buildings, yeah. Yeah, that's okay, what I was yeah. that makes That makes a lot of sense. I, I think that's right. She's got that over a wall. Maybe not. I, I assume a lot of the names will have been, you know, public information at yeah. this point, like for memorials and things like that. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe maybe this is it. Like, you know, this idea of look at all these people, they're going to come back sort of thing. Yeah, she's got photos of, of her like, memorial website and printed them all out and she's... Yeah. Yeah, but she's covered all their faces. Yeah, it's like she, she wanted the photos, but then... Yeah, and she couldn't bear to look at them, yeah. Uh, really, yeah, obviously really erratic. You see the place is a mess. There's like, you know, food lying everywhere, dishes everywhere. Uh, so basically, you know... Uh, any of our places at any given week but uh <laughs> but we see that angela before was a very well-kept person <laughs> yes, this place was immaculate last yeah. time you know when, when 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 this news broke and darlene was over there this place was immaculate yeah so here's where things get mighty interesting mm. angela starts talking to someone see this is what i like i went back and forth on this at first i was like she's talking to someone i was like no she's just talking to the fish well, that's the thing. At the end of the scene, it reveals the fish in the tank. And yeah. you think, oh, it's just been the fish. But that but said, though... The, again later. Yeah. The thing she was saying, though, felt really... And there's a moment where she picks up a photo of her mother in this scene. And it's like... Now, maybe this is too easy and obvious, but is it implying that she's seen her mother? Like, the, way, the same way that Elliot sees Mr. Robot? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm wondering if she's got something going as well. Now... They'll have to sell me on that, like because you know it's a bit of a coincidence. I mean, admittedly, we've talked a lot about how they have the same past, how they've had the same kind of driving force. Yeah, I think if it does happen, like it'll tell me, no, it's not a coincidence. Something this sure, is part yeah. of some sort of plan. You know, like this is some side effect of what what happened. Is this because both their parents had the same radiation or whatever, and like they, they both get affected by it? <laughs> Could be. It would also play. In, you know, we we were theorizing maybe mr robot is actually some sort of real entity from another you know timeline of the world oh yeah sure it would it would lean me more towards that aspect if 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 angela has one as well with her mother i'd be like okay no this seems more real than just coincidence uh, alternatively just to, to, to just to negate my own point immediately with mm. with the counter is she's projecting it because she knows about what Elliot's situation is. So oh, yeah. when she breaks, yeah. she kind of takes on that because it's what she's familiar with. Either way, I do think it makes me go back to the scene, the flashback we had where she was a little girl and she talks to Elliot's dad before she goes over to her mother and has a scene with her. And I couldn't help, I can't help but think of that now and feel like that's almost like uh, choreographing it a little bit where it's like, oh, here she is with Elliot's dad. And then we, because I think before that scene, we never really, we maybe seen pictures of her mother, but we never really had like a, a proper introduction to her as a character. And no. I think that scene did that. And I wonder if it's because later we're going to see her. So and... when she pops up, we're real, yeah. we're like, oh, that's who that is. We just know. Yeah. So I, I just wonder, just, just the idea of us again that we see her with Elliot's dad first, who, like, yeah. you know, he's the one that we already always see like that. But now we're introduced to this other person who we might see like that. So uh, it, it just makes sense to me in that sense. But yeah, so she's like. Uh, she's like, oh, I have to, I have to warn her. She has to know what they heard. So she's talking about White Rose. She's because she even says, oh, I'll go back to the subway. She'll find me in the subway like before, and it'll all be fine. Again, totally crazy. Like she'd have to be watched. Like 
Yeah. Uh, my, my, my final note on this scene is just she's cracked. She's just cracked. She was broken before, but now she's in pieces. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so yeah, it ends with the... You see her pick up the photo of the mother, and then it ends with the, the fish. And that's where you go, oh, was she just talking to the fish? I mean, obviously she sounded like it was more like a person, but... But, but, but she's so crazy right now. Yeah. I can buy that she could be talking to a fish. You, you could buy it. Uh, so then we cut to Elliot. He's meeting... Leon's taking him to uh, you know uh, the Dark Army. He's meeting with Grant, who's like the head honcho. I mean, I actually learned his name for this episode because I feel like uh, he's been elevated yeah, now. It, to... in, in my notes, I, I did say I, I, he is just referred to as henchman number one because yeah. my note says Elliot meeting dot 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 because yeah. obviously you know it, it hides it for a moment who it's going to be, and then just henchman henchman number one. Yeah, but of course we've seen him tons of times. He was at the yeah. uh, the farmhouse with Tyrell. He was with uh, uh, Mobley and Trenton. Yeah, he's, he's the one been running this operation. Yeah, he's been around forever, but like, uh, uh, he's always just been the silent, well, mostly silent kind of guy who shows up and does the thing. Uh, whereas, obviously, this episode makes him a bit more of a character, I think. But anyway, mm. so so Elliot's meeting with Grant. He's like, yeah, we got we got uh, stage three. I, I had phase three written down, and you made me have to think about what actually what to say. Anyway, uh, so he's like, oh yeah, basically the whole thing is also oh, Ecoin's a thing. Ecoin wasn't there when we first had a plan. Let's go after that. Let's destroy it. That's what White Rose wanted, you know. And he also tries to insist that he wants to see White Rose, and Grant's just like, no, all the time you've ever met spent with White Rose is all you're ever going to have. Which is what she said in the scene. Way back in season one, she said, you'll never see me again. Well, that was yeah. something she said. Now, I could see it happening, but it'll happen against her will. It'll happen because he affects things and changes things. But up yeah. until now, they are maintaining that that is the case, that he is never going to see White Rose again. So... Really cool. Now, obviously, I actually got in the scene what was really going on, that he was stalling for time. He just wanted the, them to put their USB stick thingy in, the, uh, in his laptop. He kept looking over at it. It yeah. was really clear. And I'm but like, again, oh. yeah, that, that, that comes up later. Yeah, but he's like, no, he's just he's just stalling. He, he's got a plan. Whatever his plan is, he he's going to try and hack the Dark Army, which seems insane because they are like the, this force of hackers this this yeah. you know, like so but I'm like, okay elliot's going big he's going bigger he's going home that that is what's happening here uh yeah so that, that was basically the, the the whole scene and now we see angela again she's in the street she's going towards the subway she's uh, got a, a trolley full of stuff and a fish and her fish yeah, her fish is there which again like i said earlier on she looked like, kind of like a homeless person she really looked like a homeless person in this scene with the yeah. with the trolley and there's a guy who looks a lot like Cisco selling CDs in the, the street corner. He's like, you know, swipe me five e coins and I'll yeah get, for my CD. For your she's CD. like, oh no, I'm not falling for that again. He's like, I'm not going to buy your CD this time. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, this is uh, that, this was another thing at the start when you said there was a lot of season one things. This was the thing I specifically thought of. From uh, I've, I've still got at least another one other big one still to come past this. Oh no! I mean, there's a ton. We've pointed out several. Yeah, at this yeah, point. but like, another big one. Yeah, but this this was the main one I thought of. Uh, yeah. Uh, post um, whatever the first one was, I've forgotten now. It was it was like forty minutes ago. All, all safe, I think. Yeah, uh, all safe. That was it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So this van pulls up, and these men get out. And it's like, oh, uh, Miss Marsh, you have to come with us. And she's like, I'm ready. And no, she's... no, 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 no. Oh, we're ready. Oh, we're ready. You're right. You're right. You're right. Which is much more right. interesting. Which is much more interesting. We are ready. Yes, going back to the, is she seeing someone? Is she split? That that would certainly imply that possibly. I like the idea that she never had this before because she never got to this breaking point like Elliot did when he was younger. But all this has kind of been her pushed her over the edge. Yeah, yeah. 
That's just been her push out the window. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but of course, I, I'm thinking, yeah, these guys don't look like Dark Army. My guess right now, this is Philip Price that's, that's got his men after yeah. her. I, I'd agree with that. But based on the flashback, based on the fact that he cares about her, we know that he was pissed when you know Zhang implied that he had manipulated her. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like that's who this is coming to get her right now. Yeah, I think if it was Dark Army, they wouldn't take her in at this point. They don't need her. They'd just yeah. kill her just to hurt Price more, because why not? Yeah, so I, I think this is Price grabbing her. Uh, it could be wrong. Maybe it'll be something else that'll swerve me, but I feel like that's the best guess yeah. right now. Uh, so... Uh, back to Dom's. Uh, I, I actually have one thing written down here. Uh, Darlene hack safe, or not hacks? Just press it. She, 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 she heard the. She saw the code earlier. But you know what I mean? Yeah. She goes into safe and is caught. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's the entire scene, which is fine. It works really well. I like that you don't see Dom until like, you hear her, and then she's over the shoulder. Uh, yeah. Really simple. She's just there, isn't she? Uh, back to Tyrell's. Uh, so Tyrell is with Mister Robot still. Price has already left, and he's basically just finally agreeing that he is a puppet. He's like, "You're right. They control everything. Everything that happens is because they wanted it to." White Rose. Yeah. Uh, and price and people like that and Mr. Robot's like hey hey this is an opportunity you take this position you keep your head down you do what they want and we look for the weakness we exploit from within You, this can be a, a gold mine you having this this new position he's already planning he's already forming yeah, ideas it's, it's, it's you know okay no you're the figurehead right now but when we really need you to you can rebel you can yeah. do the right thing you can you know we know how big ECOP is, and you know that that gives them, you know, just income at their disposal, just resources that they didn't have before. Yeah, and of course, just one final note here. This is where uh, Mister Robot learns that the FBI uh, is compromised because uh, Tyrell mentions they've got someone in the FBI. Uh, hence yeah. the the message because Elliot does question that multiple times, and he's like, "How does how does he know? How does he know that the FBI is compromised?" Mm. Uh, but that so we we see how, and it makes sense because we know Tyrell knows. Yeah. Fact, that's been a whole thing with uh, Santiago. So, uh, speaking of going to the FBI, that was uh, a nice segue, wasn't it? It wasn't a nice segue. And Darlene's now in the in the, uh, the, the the interview room, and Dom's grilling, or Santiago's there. It's like, hey, why why did you do this? Why did you break in? Uh, why did you trick me? So on and so forth. Of course, it's only in the middle of the scene where she finally, like, Santel's like, so why was she there? It's like, oh yeah, it's full disclosure, I slept with her tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll put a report Yeah, she's in. like, I was going to, you know, yeah. um, uh, report myself in the morning anyway. Yeah. God damn it, Dom, stop being such a good at two But, uh, some really interesting points here. They try to convince her to, like, sort of fess up and talk to them. And Darlene makes a very good point, which I think really catches Dom's attention. She says, every time I tell you anything, one of my friends ends up dead. Yeah. And I feel like Dom has to be like, she's right. <laughs> that does keep happening. Yeah. That, that is kind of suspicious. And she actually, you know, gets to the point like, you know, the FBI is clearly in bed with the Dark Army. She doesn't necessarily say, you know, anything specific. She doesn't know anything specific, really. She doesn't accuse anyone in yeah. particular, but she just says, no, no, no. They're clearly but, someone. Because she has third-hand knowledge. Tyrell told Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot told Elliot, and then Elliot told Darlene. This is very, you know, it's it's not like exactly the best information in the world. Yeah. She, she just knows the, the the broad stroke. But of course, I mean, Santiago... That, uh, it makes sense yeah. as well. 
and Santiago obviously is getting really sort of twitchy and he's kind of like oh don't be ridiculous and but Dom is just sitting there quietly she's like sort of taking it in like she's hmm. like oh, that, that makes sense hmm yeah interesting now here's, here's where I had a, a thought I wonder if this is a bit of a ruse I actually think there's a chance that when Dom caught Darlene that there was she explained mo- everything yeah, yeah there's more after that that we didn't we see, seen, yeah. and I, th- I did consider that as well. Yeah, and I think that maybe this is all a ruse to sort of see if it's Santiago. Maybe like what you know, if Darling explains, oh, there's someone in the FBI. I-, I wanted to just come to you and tell you this and like work this through, but there's someone in the FBI working for the Dark Army, and I wasn't sure like who, who it was. And I wonder if they concocted this plan. Like if this is all just a ruse. Like she's going to bring up all this information because she actually brings up. Uh, uh, Romero's keys, like, oh, this is what we wanted, this is why I wanted to come in, we need that to reverse the, the hack, the 5-9, and next, you know, it cuts to Dom and Santiago's office, like, oh, we can do this, like, we can we can uh, reverse I, I all this. Just just on the idea of it being a ruse or not, Yeah, I think if it is a ruse, Dom is a great actor. Yeah? Because she's sitting there going, like, like she's learning this information for the first time, you know, like, you know, mm. saying, oh, but what, you know, if, the, if the, the Dark Army owns the FBI, she's there, looking like she's digesting it, and I'm not even sure Santiago ever even looks at her and sees if she's putting it together. I actually, I actually think he's avoiding it because he doesn't want to look in the eye as a yeah, just in case. Because yeah. when it comes to the in their office and she's like, "Oh, we can do this. We can un- unhack it." And he's like, "No, that, this is bullshit." And she, she he keeps bringing up excuses like, "Oh, no, she, she's a you know a bad informant. She, you know, how do we know this is even accurate? This is bad, 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 bad." It's like, and Dom was basically like, "Yeah, but what's the harm in trying? Like, what, 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 what bad's yeah. going to happen if we?" Well, one this? of my notes here is Santiago is effed. <laughs> she, she's she's yes. got him now. He has, because uh, this was actually the scene more than anything that convinced me that this might be a ruse. That she was specifically asking these questions to see how he would shoot them down. See, even even though if it's not a ruse, it still plays because she still yeah. had that information just before, so she could still be going. You're taking this to you're you're, you're yeah. covering this up, like you know. I buy that she could put it together from just that still in that. Yes, absolutely. Time. Yeah, but part of me wonders. Part of me wonders if they are actually still kind of working together and. I wonder if like, there'll be a scene early next episode where Dom walks into that that interrogation room and is like, "You're right, I think it's him," or like something like that. Yeah, we just, we yeah. just get that like uh, interesting idea though. Um, so yeah, yes, yes, yes. So he phones Irvin and tells tells him about Darlene and it's in the holding cell and Irvin's just kind of quiet and I'm like, "Oh God, Darlene's in trouble. Yeah. Irvin's coming for her." Yeah, just uh, something that was on the TV in the background. Because I just I, I like pointing out these news headlines when oh, I see on. them because sometimes on. I feel like they hint at some of the future events. Um, it mentions there is a, a U.S. cyber attack on Iran is imminent. All oh, right, that could uh, yeah maybe that could be a big thing next episode. And then obviously we we even if it's not next episode maybe next season we know you know White Rose was you know it's like okay let's make Iran the the enemies here the with F society yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, is she trying to start a war? Is she trying to push some of them into chaos? Hmm, maybe. Maybe. Interesting you say that, because that segues us nicely to White Rose herself. And one of the, the elements of this scene is that Grant is trying to convince her that... Because she's pissed, she's angry, she's throwing things at the wall, she's, like, screaming and hollering because she like she, she need, they need to move their operation and they can't travel because all the chaos has happened because of the 71 attack... They can't actually go anywhere. It's causing all these problems, all this red tape. And Grant's like, well, this is kind of your fault. You went through that attack when you didn't need to, and this is the result of it. 
and it makes you know. I just think it's funny that we're saying, "Oh, does she want a war? Does she want chaos?" I'm like, "Well, it seems to be not doing well for her here at the very uh, least." And, uh, do you know what? This is something that one of the most interesting scenes with White Rose yet. Oh, I it agree. Tells yeah. me, uh, like, because up till this point, she seemed very cold, calculating. Everything's been exact, yeah. and well, up until this point, I never got the impression that White Rose and Zhang could possibly be split personalities. Up until now, it didn't feel that way. Whereas here, watching White Rose, I'm like. This feels like a completely different person this time. Yeah, and and like like she's just it's 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 she's working on passion, not on, yeah. on a plan. But the like, most she even talks about you know like getting back at price. The 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 bombings in general were a personal attack. Well, they were, but even with Zhang, it kind of was. It was just more kind of calm and collected. It was more on each slap yeah, his but, hand. But with but, with Zhang, it was just because it, it felt like oh no, just just because I can. Whereas with Riot Rose, it felt like no, I wanted to do this. I needed to. But here's, here's the most interesting part. I thought that this whole little this little segment of the scene is when he, when she's justifying the attack, she says, "Oh, uh, force and power is the only currency that works with these men," and I, and that's the thing that really stuck out to me. I'm like, is she kind of including Zhang in that phrase? It felt like it, didn't it? Yeah, like these and- men, including Zhang, like her other personality is one of these these awful, powerful men that she wants to take down. I thought yeah. that was interesting. And then what we can't overlook here is Grant has to know, right? Because he, he, we've seen him report to Zhang before. Oh, yeah, I think absolutely he knows. So he has to know that this is the same person, but clearly he, it, he, it, even he treats them very differently. It, it makes two me wa- separate people. It makes me wonder if this is actually a lot more like Elliot and Mr. Robot. The, only, the difference being that she like at least she's so aware of it. She actually dresses differently. She becomes this other person. It's not just like a, a yeah. in your head thing. Like she completely changes. Like I can see that being a thing now. Uh, also, can I point out how fantastic the surreal music was in this scene? The there's a, oh, the, the glasses. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a woman in the background just playing. You know the, the, the sort of harmonics with the glasses with the rims. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was, closes out the episode. It just plays over the credits. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it plays for so much of this. Uh, and it's so surreal and dreamy, and it has this thing like almost like we're in an alternate reality because of this music. Like it feels that way, like we're in a, a dreamland or something like that, where 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 something isn't quite right. Yeah, definitely. It has that feeling the entire time, and I think it's interesting. This is the first time I've cut to White Rose in this way, where it's just kind of like her reacting to what's going on. Where you know, before it's always been when someone's met her or something like that or part of a plan yeah yeah. whereas this is just a a reaction to things going wrong yeah uh like i say she's pissed she's throwing things at the the, the wall but no so i think the big thing for me though was was that these men comment and what does that mean for her being a completely different personality is this like when mr robot and elliot are at odds where elliot's trying to stop mr robot or vice versa it kind of feels like that from this scene it does but they both still have the same goal because they both want to move this machine to the congo we know that they, they do both want that but i wonder if it's for different reasons could be yeah you're based on this, this anger but i don't know is zang the creation so that she has like a a powerful figure to compete with these other powerful men that she like you know it's like an inside man almost yeah i don't know uh well that's how you could read it but i thought that was a very interesting thing it's also cut between uh them and elliot uh Elliot's like, oh, starting stage three, but of course he's like, yeah, you've been you all along. There was no really a stage three, and, uh, and that's the that's the other big callback to season one. It's uh, you knew all along. Okay, yeah, it's not as 
respect. No, no, no. But he, he's never. I don't think he said that line again in the same way. But obviously, that was a big. That was the big moment in season one. As you, you know, all along, didn't you? And this, he kind of because he says the same thing here. It's like I'm sure you knew all along. It's not the exact same phrase, though. I, I, this it's is a not the stretch. exact same, but it really, it felt really reminiscent of it to me. Oh, this is as big as any other reference to season one in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling that one as a reference. Okay. It re- it really felt like it to me, but whatever. Uh, but yeah. So so Grant's uh, so wait was about also how would you handle Elliot now? And he's like, oh, you always told me about how he was important, how he would die for us like his father. I think it's time he died. Grant wants to kill Elliot. And what I thought was really interesting here, though, is the cuts between this and the Elliot stuff. Is that it literally cut from Elliot saying. No, I own the Dark Army because he's hacked in. He's got them by the balls. He's got their system, and you see all the red dots on the on the world map. He's got all the locations, everything, yeah. and he's like, "No, I own the Dark Army," and it cuts directly to him to, to Grant saying, "I think it's time we we." He kill died him. for us too. Yeah, he died for us too. So I think it's interesting. Again, going back to this idea that he keeps spinning over his head. That next episode they're going to try and murder him because of what he might be doing. They don't even yeah. know exactly what he's doing yet. Like they, they, they expect he's doing something because he thinks they're targeting the Dark Army, but he's not really sure what. Yeah, what Right Rose just says, you know, do what you think is right. Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting that she's she's kind of going, all right, fine. Maybe, maybe my judgment is flawed when it comes to this. You 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 do what you think. Is it interesting, perhaps, that that's happening the same time that Mr. Robot's also maybe accepting that he was wrong about some some things? Quite possibly, and I think it's interesting as well. You just skipped over it there, but uh, we actually get uh, Mr. Robot going and writing the message on the mirror. He realizes er Elliot's coming back. Yeah. He can feel it, and so he rushes to the mirror. It's like, no, I've got to do this. I think it's it's fascinating that because he's sat at the computer when he feels this. He doesn't just open up, you know, notepad and write a message on there that Elliot will read. He goes to the mirror and you know makes a big show of it. It's it's this act of desperation. It's like, no, you've got to listen to this. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Um, and of course, we end the episode. Now it was kind of like honestly, as soon as the scene with White was started and she was really angry and he was trying to calm her down, I was getting like this weird married couple vibe off of it in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, but as the scene goes on, it keeps getting closer to her and closer. And I was like, okay, they're going to kiss, aren't they? And it ends with that after like, okay, uh, you know, uh, it's time for him to die too. Aliens and 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 kisses her and we end with that and it cut you know the, the weird music keeps playing over the credits very again very eerie very kind of ominous surreal uh, is the word yeah i said that already though. i was looking for other words did you oh, okay. yeah i said, I said surreal. i said surreal like three times the first time i brought it did, up did so you say ethereal i mean that i used ethereal there you go well i'll have that one then yeah but i was just going for different words i, I was trying to be different in my language so no Strong moment again, very interesting. Like, does he kiss Zang as well? Is it just White Rose? Is this kind of like how Angela worked with Mister Robot for a bit, but not Elliot? Yeah, I, I mean, again, I think it, it is showing me that they're two different personalities because we've seen how he is around Zang all the time. He always keeps his distance. He's very cold. He barely says anything. He's definitely not really that open with him. He's, he's a little bit, you know, he pushes the limits at times. Where he's like, no, I think I should be in charge, but he always backs down. He always kind of goes, okay, whatever you say. I'll do what I'm told. I almost wonder, like, is White Rose the one he can manipulate? Is White Rose the emotional one where he can be like, you know, he can talk her into letting him do something, whereas Zang is like, no, no, he's staring, he won't back down for anything. But yeah. White Rose, I can charm and I can... Quite possibly. Seduce, essentially. Like, like I say, yeah, Zang feels like, oh no, he's in it for the, the business, the money, you know, the power, like all the other corporations and stuff. Whereas 
White Rose, it feels more personal than that. Yes. Which makes me wonder what our goal really is. Like, again, we yeah. don't really know what the machine is yet, but yeah, what is but the goal? I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anymore. They've thrown us so much. Uh, you know, start of the season, it was like we're full onto this time travel and alternate reality idea. And they've kind of like convinced us that, I oh, know, it's more thematic and it's not really what's going on. Um, but there's something. There is. We've saw this building, be, this machine. But here's the thing, though. Here, here's the thing. Here's why that works so well. This idea that for the first half of the season, we were kind of not necessarily believing it was definitely going to happen, but we were believing that this you, was. You want to believe, a bit like Angela. Yeah, it mirrors Angela's beliefs. Where for the first half of the season, you're on her side, kind of, in a weird kind of like, oh yeah, like let's believe in the crazy stuff because that's what Angela wants to believe. And then when it comes crashing down, now we're kind of like, oh, maybe none of it is real, and she's just crazy. You see, you see the delusion. Yeah. yeah. So it, it kind of it's really effective in that sense of making us see like how she can be caught up in it, and then once it comes crashing down, like how uh, I think uh, I do think so. I know there's a lot of people out there who have always been against the idea, really strongly against mm. the idea of any sort of sci-fi elements being introduced. I wonder if some of the you know we're talking about how this this makes us feel like Angela in that sense. I wonder you know that 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 must be lost on those people to some extent. Uh, maybe yeah. Uh, it just uh, it must be a completely different experience to, to how we feel about that. Yeah, they're just relieved. Whereas we're like, oh, that, that, that mirrored how she went up and down perfectly, so we were really into that. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I wonder if that maybe we enjoyed season three as a whole more than, than those those people did. Or maybe, possibly. maybe it didn't make as much of an effect as we think it did. Maybe they yeah, just read not. it a different way and it, yeah. it worked that, that's, that, in that sense. Because um, maybe from their point of view, like it was always delusional, so... It just kind of affirmed their thoughts yeah. once it kind of went through. Um, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, we never thought it was actually going to happen. We were always strictly fifty fifty. It was almost a. Uh, it was. It was. A, it was a want, though, wasn't it? it kind of. Want yeah, we always had fun, that. kind of speculating about it because we had fun with the possibilities. Whereas some people just hated the possibilities because they they, they were so worried that the show was going to go some down weird sci fi route. Uh, yeah. And as someone who loves when shows go down weird sci fi routes, so I'm like, nah, give me yeah, it. Do it, yeah. Do and it. I'm still not like a hundred percent convinced it's not. Like, oh, sure. I, I don't, Again, because like I said, we know there is physically something. Yeah, there. there's a machine. She's doing something. There's something weird just, going on. Just have no idea what. But no. Uh, what's funny is after all this, obviously very enjoyable, very good. It's probably the weakest episode in about five episodes, just because the last four have been like four of the best. Uh, yeah, this is ep- probably the weakest since the Tyrell episode. And it's not saying this is weak. It's not. It's actually a strong, solid episode of Mr. Robot. It's just that it's coming after one of the best, like, four or five episode runs of the entire yeah. show. Yeah. And and it feels as well like, okay, next one's the, the last episode of the season. So it's kind of like, okay, here's a breather before we go, give you the, the big one. Yeah. And what's great is those last four or five episodes were all fantastic for really different reasons. They were, they were, they were all unique and did something on their own. Like, last episode was a very slower, emotional-focused episode, as opposed to, like, the big one you know, one-shot wonder episode. Yeah. Which, it, it makes them really hard to compare and say what was better, because yeah. they're all doing very different things. They're, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing masterfully. Yeah. Whereas this one was just a sort of normal Mr. Robot episode where it was setting up all these different things. Had some great yeah. moments, had some great character beats. But, but normal Mr. Robot episode is still above 90% of all the other TV in existence. I'll say on right now. I don't know if... It, in existence seems a bit... Nah, nah. Bit of a stretch. Okay, yeah. all right. Ninety percent. There's a lot of TV out there. That's still a, a fair boundary. Okay, sure. If you if you're including like storage hunters and discovery <laughs> and shit uh, like yeah. that, sure. Every, I said on TV. <laughs> all right, fine. Yeah, if we're including reality TV shows and everything else, then sure. Yeah, ninety percent easy. Absolutely. 
<laughs> I was comparing it just to scripted drama, but fine. Anyway, that's Mr. Robot episode 9. We've got the finale next week, season finale. Uh, I'm depressed that it's going to be over, but it's been a hell of a ride, uh, and I look forward to seeing what they're, they're going to, what crazy thing they're going to leave us on uh, for the end of the season. And remember, of course, that there'll be a post-credit scene, most likely, at the end of the finale. Yes. Worth sticking around for. So, uh, with that said, let us know what you thought of this week's Mr. Robot in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fudge for channel update. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. You can do that over there. Uh, there'll be links to that in the description in the corner of the video as well as other useful links in the, in the description. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? Mm-hmm.